Welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We're your co-hosts on this journey of creativity and productivity. I Create Daily is for artists in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about your art. If you're into creating anything, this podcast is definitely for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. And our guest today is Fabian Raphael, a business building coach, speaker, and podcaster. Fabian helps experts take their skills and develop it into highly paid, purpose-driven coaching programs. Fabian has been featured in Forbes, ABC, Fox, CBS, Inc., and Huffington Post, and has appeared on over 30 podcasts such as Copy Chief Radio and Entrepreneur on Fire. In addition, Fabian's background in radio and television hosting is put to good use in her own podcast titled Marketing to Crush Your Competitors, with over 300 episodes to date. As a former elite athlete and physical therapist, Fabian radiates a high level of energy, authenticity, as she leads her clients to a thriving six-figure business. Now, wait a minute. We were practicing before we started, and we were pretty sure that it's Fabienne, and you slipped and started saying Fabian, so oh, we no. should ask her now for the correct pronunciation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so yeah, Fabienne. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And so you have had an interesting career migrating from physical therapist to uh, now coach of entrepreneurs and experts, etc. So tell us how did you transition from a career that you also loved, but into something that you love even more? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the, it was no straight line, actually, um, because I was raised by parents who, who kept the same job for like over 30 years and believed into having that diploma and get a job and stay there forever, right? Um, mm -hmm. But of course, that's not how it happened for me. Um, when I graduated as a physical therapist, I was already in, on the national team playing team handball. So uh, traveling and then uh, representing my country playing. So I already had this... Um, adventurous type of side of me, right? Uh, going uh, elsewhere, meeting other people and compete against others uh, in my sport. So along the way, I met my business and life partner and he was already open into uh, personal development, uh, learning to, uh, to be better in his life, like uh, building businesses and stuff like that. So I guess he was a good influence. And <laughs> my first move was just to move from employee to consultant in physical therapy. And then it's funny because at that time, uh, it was a good situation for physical therapists, actually, because the place where I was working and I had resigned hired me like about two months later uh, as a consultant. So it started this way for me. But then at the same time, I had a home staging passion. So I started a home staging business. Um, and then, and then 
I attended this huge marketing conference. And when I was, I was like, oh my God, like this marketing thing, this online marketing thing, it's huge. That's what's waiting, missing in my businesses. So either with my uh, physical therapy and I also had a healthcare agency having other people uh, to, to provide healthcare in establishments. So uh, I started really digging in into that and get more and more knowledge on that. And then eventually I figured, well, this is something I can do. I want to stay online. I, I like the lifestyle of it, you know, working from home and helping people from all around the world virtually. So eventually, like all the other businesses that I had, I let go and then I concentrated only on being online. So that's how it really, it really shifted and happened for me. But I have to say though, that when I got started, it took me forever before actually having a business because I was saying that I wanted to have a business, but I was freaking scared about selling anything. And I didn't even know what I would get started with. So uh, it was like, really, I was stuck into the always consuming new information and buying those courses and hiring those people and then realizing, wait a minute, that's not what I want to do, or this is not working or whatever. So uh, it took me a while to stay in that circle. But then as soon as I, I found the spot and I, and I got started, then I knew I wanted to make a dent in the world and make something memorable online. So uh, that's what I'm, I'm doing today. Fantastic. So, and you're in Montreal, Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And you, but you travel and serve clients all over North America. Uh, yeah, actually, most of my clients, I, I um, work with them online. So when I travel, it's for those events, those live events, you know, meeting and mingling with other entrepreneurs, because again, the live thing is, is amazing. Like it's, it's, it's like a step further than meeting people virtually. So this is something I enjoy doing too. Right. Fantastic. So when you started applying these principles to your existing businesses, you started seeing the results, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing about marketing is that if nobody knows about you, you might have like the best business on earth. Like if nobody knows about you and you're not online and you're not in those publications and you don't do interviews, well, I mean, you won't have clients. And this is what took me a, a while to understand. It's as if like I knew I was good at doing something, but then I was scared to put myself out there. So, so basically I know that there's a lot of people in that situation. And, I, and, and you tell me in, if the, in the creative entrepreneurs industry, if it's exactly the same thing, like people are extremely talented, but nobody knows about them. So yeah, they're yeah. struggling and it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. And I think a lot of artists and creators in general can relate to uh, they create all this work and then they're scared to sell it or to ask or, you know, to put themselves out there too much because there's also the introverted persona of I just want to go and be solitary and create my work. But then there's the bridging the gap of creating the work and then building a sustainable income with it. Yeah, exactly. And you're so right about that. I mean, um, the thing about the introvert thing, um, I, I was really, really, really shy when I started online and I was scared too on putting myself out there and talking to people, you know, attending networking events and staying in a corner. But then at a certain point, it's just, 
it's just as if like you have to shift your mindset of, okay, let me concentrate on the people that I serve. So let me concentrate on the impact I can give to these people and how I can help them instead of focusing on how I'm feeling and how I'm going to be perceived uh, like with, with, um, with the other people, right? So, so basically when you shift that and you try to take the attention away from yourself, then uh, I mean, magic happens and it just, you just need one person to help and you put your heart and soul into it. Then that person stays your fan forever and they're willing to talk about you forever. And you just need that one person to get started anyways. Right. Well, and it's such a natural progression because you were helping people physically to improve mm -hmm. themselves physically um, through rehabilitation physically, as well as athletes, how to improve their performance. And now you're just migrating that mm -hmm. up, you know, to emotional, mental and, and professional performance. The thing, the thing that I learned the most that, that served me the most as a physical therapist is being empathetic. Mm -hmm. So meaning that, you know, I have the capacity to put myself uh, at the place of the person I'm helping. So basically really imagining like what that person ex is experimenting. So after that, when you know where that person is, well, you could actually provide the right strategies for that person. And I remember a client of mine telling me that he was like, well, um, what I enjoyed when I, when I work with you is that you don't, you don't push me. Yeah. You push me to do stuff, but you push me, but also you see where I'm at. And if it's too much, you don't, you don't strangle me in the throat to do it because I'm not ready yet. At the same, at the same time, you're pushing me like progressively to get there, but not forcing me to do it. And I do it when I'm ready. And, and that's what I mean, because so many, and you, and you know that too, so many people online are BSing people and just telling them that they're going to get them results or forcing them to do stuff that doesn't fit with their values. Um, so, so people are really looking for genuine people, authenticity and people that really want to genuinely help them and not only take their money. Because the thing is, when you're getting paid for what you provide, you're getting paid because it's a win-win situation. It's not because you're taking advantage of someone. It's because you're providing a transformation into that person's life and they're grateful for it. And it's, they're actually, they're happy to give you money for it. Right. So you started your, um, what you're doing now as a bit of a side gig to your full-time job, right? So how did you transition? How long did you work, work it as a side gig before you could transition into doing more of your passion work full-time? Well, as I said earlier, it's because it took me such a long time before like just owning that I wanted to do something online. So I would say that the first time I attended something that was business related, I think it was back in 2008 or something. So th during those few years, I had the uh, the healthcare agency, the home staging business. I was also in the renovation field. And then I had a show on television. Um, and then I think I started my podcast. It was 2014. So this is when I was really investing into the right coaches and starting to make a dent and doing stuff online. So when I started that, I would say that 2014 was, was the time where, you know, the shifting was, was really happening. Definitely. And you've done over, or I think over 300 or almost 300 podcasts. She just I had think. her 300th episode. Yeah, exactly. 
as of while we're recording this you had your 300th episode live yes exactly so 300 is actually a great accomplishment i'm quite proud of that um when i started my podcast uh, i didn't I didn't know, of course, what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to invite a bunch of people and interview them because I love to learn from people. And my goal was to to make memorable interviews. Um, so I was sending 10 emails a day at the time uh, to pitch people and, you know, sending template emails, which which is not the best thing to do. That's not what I advise to do anymore. Um, but I was really determined. Yeah. So I was able to get uh, 70 interviews locked in within the first 30 days. Like that's how motivated I was. And then eventually after episode 100, then I diminished my podcast because when I started it was five times a week. And then I got down to three and then to two and then now to one. And now my podcast is on a hiatus, like in a transition mode. And I'll start again doing these interviews, actually recording them at the end of this month. Fantastic. Well, I think a really important takeaway for a lot of artists too, because a lot of creators, um, whether they're entrepreneurs or artists, they struggle with the perfectionism or waiting until something's perfect. And so I think a really important takeaway from what you just said was that you went ahead and sent those emails. They weren't the best emails. Sometimes it wasn't the best strategy you deployed, but you grew from that. You learned like what is the best way to approach someone and build a relationship instead of just come off as like, hey, I want to I want you on the show or whatever it is that's not helping, but you, you did it anyway, despite not knowing about the industry. And so I think that's important for a lot of creators too. I love that you say that because actually perfection doesn't exist anyways. (laughs) So I don't know why we're running for it. Right. But, um, I don't know. It's a myth or something, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it just, it just gives you an extra excuse not to do stuff. Yeah. Well, and I guess, you know, it's such a good point. Perfection doesn't, Perfection and perfectionism. Perfectionism is real. Perfection doesn't exist. At least not in the you know yeah. in the human form. We're we're organic yeah. creatures. But I think a lot of it is fear of judgment and you you know and fear of what and you certainly had your own you know coming fears reckoning with that. Yeah, fears to work with on that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, um, I mean, bottom line, people don't really care. Yes. Like seriously. Um, It's not that people are not caring or generous or wanting to follow you or anything like that. But I think that we worry too much about what others think, because at the end of the day, you are the one experimenting the results of what you took as actions. They are not. So even if they don't like it or they complain about it, well, are you happy with your decision and are you fulfilled with what you're doing? This is the most important thing. So you and your, of course, your close ones, your, your close uh, family, your partner, your kids, I think that's the most important thing. And then the rest of it, well, it's either they follow you or they don't. But I think that it's important to surround yourself with people that, um, you know, up- uplift you, not people that want to bring you down or not support you in your business projects or what you want to leave as a dent in the world. So uh, sometimes it might be kind of like heartbreaking because some friends you thought would support you and they don't or family members and they don't. Well, I think it's, it's just like, how it is being an entrepreneur you have to be kind of like a a black sheep like wanting to do stuff that nobody else wants to do and you have to believe in your stuff so if you have a passion and if you know you can help others and transform their lives with your art with your creativity with what you you're doing as a business then go for it 
Yes, yeah. definitely. So of the people that you coach and that, that, and that you've served in your career now, um, are there any creator types who are doing some kind of creative work who you've, who you've helped them migrate from or else add on as a side gig, doing more of their work, their passion work now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I, I worked with a photographer and at the time when he reached out, it's because he also had a podcast and he wanted to... Um, he wanted to make sure that he was conducting memorable interviews. But at the same time, because we were, we were having these calls very regularly, well, of course, I wanted to help him with his business. And his huge problem was that he was doing something and sharing value and what, what have you. And then he was not really selling anything. So basically just sharing content and having an audience, but not necessarily selling anything to them. And I think that's a problem with a lot of creators because they feel that because it's an art, because it's a passion, it's something that they must share. And it's so natural for them that they're scared to ask money back out of it. Right. Because for them, it's like, it's just natural. Uh, But the thing is, if you, if you spend some time to build an audience or if you connect with a lot of people and they're aware of your work, and you never offer them anything, well, the more you wait, the harder it's going to be for you to sell anything. Mm -hmm. And I had made that mistake when I was still a physical therapist, but then trying to do something online. And I had, I built this community, uh, this French community of people that had back problems. And I would, I would post on my page and give value every day. And, and then, I decided to write a book about it, but it took me like about a year or something to, 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 to sell something. And then I received so many emails saying like, what's wrong with you? You've been giving all this advice for free and now all of a sudden you want to sell something like we're not used to that. And basically with that audience, this is not that audience that bought my book because they were so used me giving info for free and not necessarily giving value to all the education or all that work I was putting into what I was delivering and value to them. So for them, it was not natural to, to, to buy from me. So it's exactly the same thing. Like if you're in a position that you know you could get money out of your art or what you're doing, and then you're, you're never offering anything to your audience or even selling like the slightest thing, forget about it. Like they won't take you seriously and they just, uh, they just won't buy from you. Right. Well, and I think that, so, so one of the things we can talk about next, if you have a few minutes to share some of the opportunities for creators um, online and like some of the things that they can do, some of the ways that they can package their expertise uh, into online courses, into podcasts, into what have you, because um, it's such a good point that I think that the dilemma is that many people who connect with um, experts and coaches and what have you online through social networks, they're used to social networks being family and friends and acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And yet there's the whole world of the social network platform that is a business or is a, it it, it is the the gathering place for that business person to connect with prospective clients. And of course, to add value for free in the hopes that whoever it is that, you know, would be interested in their services would be, would have access to them through that platform. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's part of the pushback because we've heard that from a number of Rajiv and, I mean, Ramit Sethi has that same story where he would get all kinds of hate mail when he started selling something, even though for years he had been offering things for free. So that is kind of like a disconnect. But what have you seen, um, or what rather, what are some of the things that you could share of ways that you see creators um, 
packaging, yeah, yeah, packaging their art online, uh, art, art as in artistic endeavors, creative endeavors uh, for profit in order to make a business a living out of it. Okay, so so first thing I want to share is that you said something about social media, like people wanting to keep it for friends and family. But nowadays, I think business has changed so much uh, since since I started online because before you wanted to separate the company from the person, so you wanted to to know about the business, about like how long they've been in business, and about like who's there and who's CEO and who's a president and what what have you. But then now people want to connect with people so they want to know who's behind that brand what's the face behind that brand what is that person doing what's their story uh do they have kids what's their family like where do they live and all that stuff so for for those people that think that social media should just be reserved for friends and family and never do business on it they're wrong because the more people know the human side of you the more they will bond with you connect with you and want to know more uh about you and then about uh, sharing your art or I've started with a podcast and this is how I got my name out there online. And I think that this could be a great start just to share value with, with your audience or build the audience of people that are attracted to what you're doing or share their views on, um, on your work or on other people's work in your area of expertise or your industry. Because when you do that, what you do is actually you position yourself as an authority or credibility face. So with a podcast, with interviews that you could, could, you could be a, a guest on or um, on publications. So it could be on other blogs or it could be on major publications, like places where people talk about you and put you on that, you know, not pedestal, but I mean, as an expert in your industry, because they're asking you your opinion or your views, insights about what you're doing. So that could be a great way to build an audience. And then, well, I would say, the best way to know how to package your services or how to sell your art is actually ask your people what they want, uh, what they would want to have from you or why are they following you, what they love about your work or what would they pay for? You know, sometimes it just takes uh, five, ten people that you take on the phone and have a very sincere call with them and say, well, promise, let's say that you're not going to sell anything to them and then have those questions. Uh, why are they attracted to your to your art or uh, what what are they struggling with that you think you could be the the gap filler or something so basically when you get all that information it gives you some juice to actually craft your first offer or imagine okay so this is what my people want this is the amount of money they are ready to invest in so what do I have to offer? Or am I in front of the right people? Maybe I should go for another audience that are not ready for my art. Maybe I'm, I'm just talking to people that have nothing to do with what I want to do or become. So, um, so I would say just talk to people. And again, like people are scared to do that. And you, you spoke earlier about being an introvert and all that stuff, but introverts are very comfortable in one-on-one situations. So that should be in their comfort zone. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you can even send email surveys these days um, pretty easily to your crowd. Yeah. 
absolutely on your email list people on on social media so that's yeah. not hard yeah and we i know you have another appointment you need to get off to before we let you go um do you so you're now monetizing through your podcast that's one of your revenue streams that's right is that right um actually podcasting is mostly for my my credibility and for for leaving a dent in the world you know because i have 300 episodes now people pitch my podcast to be a guest on my show which is great right yeah. so it's good for the fact that i've been here for a while and i'm serious about what i'm doing compared if you know i just had 10 episodes and i let that go and i was trying to do something online so yeah. that's very good for that and then because of that well of course opportunities come uh, speaking or interviews or being um, being featured on publications and even clients but directly i would say not necessarily because i don't have any sponsors on my podcast so it's not as if like I publish a podcast and I get money out of it. Yes, got yeah. it. So sorry, go sorry. Ahead. So you go ahead. okay, okay. So no, I was just gonna. It, something you said made me think of an article that we're getting ready to publish soon, titled "Reasons Not to Go to College," um, and it has it it has <laughs> <laughs> it it has to do with the concept of. Because uh, I think it, aren't you the, aren't you the one who invested like you know over six figures toward your edu your online coaching and education? Yeah. And so the thing is now um, people who I, we often hear people say, oh, "I'm going to go back to school," and yet these days the best way to get the best education, I mean, unless you're going to be a surgeon or a CPA or whatever, is yeah. to uh, micro choose and select mm -hmm. the training you need when you need it. Um, and so when you were talking, what came to mind is imagining, for instance, we have a lot of artists who are also teachers for, you know, like art therapy or uh, children with special, need, special needs. And so someone like that would have an expertise to be able to blend the concept of art therapy into a program. And so then they would just need to learn how to do that, learn how to put those elements together exactly um, exactly because the thing is right here right now i i'm sure that everyone listening has something special that they do best yeah. uh, more than anyone else so it could be as you said someone helping uh disabled children or someone helping people that have been through trauma or it could be anything. So the, the main thing is always to know what the struggle is and what problem the person has and is actually already looking to solve. And as soon as you are that person and you're in front of that audience, then yes, you can have a business. Going to school, going back to school, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've been to university, but right now, like they say that the time that what you learn in university and what's happening in the world, I think it's a few years behind. I mean, what you learn in university sometimes like, wait a minute, like it's not, it's not apply, applicable anymore, right? In real life. Um, so you might as well look for a good, like look, good education online or invest and even this investment will be so much lower than what you can invest into going yeah. to college. I'm not saying that going to college is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that before really taking the decision to go back to school and put that other depth into your, uh, your, your things to, to, to um, actually to have, then try to see if it's possible for you to just share your knowledge and help people that have that problem and that you could solve that problem for them and getting paid out of it. So most of the time you could really, let's say you invest into a coach and then you have that first client. Well, actually you you might already be profitable. 
yes, because exactly. of that, right? Yeah. Compared to if you decide to go back to school, and then when you're when you're out there, you know, are you are you sure? Are you assured that you're going to have a job? Are you assured that you're going to have clients? You're yeah. not. Right. So um, so yeah, that's that's my view on it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we let you go? Oh, well, I would just want to share, if people want to know more about you, just go on my website, which is my name.com. So FabienneRaphael.com. Okay. What a wonderful name. It's like melodic. It just lilts yeah. like music. Well, thank you so much, Fabienne Raphael, uh, for sharing your time and space. It's nice meeting you. Yeah, it was nice for me to meet you too. We had a great time. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.